0: Not give ourselves over to a counterfeit joy or an unsatisfying joy or a second-rate joy. Guide us to find our joy and express our joy in and through you, we pray for Jesus' sake. Amen. This morning, we're going to think about an uh, under-reported reality in the Christian faith and in the Christian church in the kingdom of God. And that is joy. God wants us to be joyful. He wants us to be joy filled. Uh, God has not called us to be his people to make us miserable and to be downcast and kind of down in the mouth. As we think about uh, continuing to celebrate the resurrection, we want to think about how God has said yes to joy. For you and for me. In the resurrection, he says yes to forgiveness. Yes to the defeat of Satan. Yes to the conquering of, of death itself. And in that, he says, for you and for me, yes to joy. Uh, Jesus said this. This is from uh, John 15. He said uh, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. In the Psalms it says sorrow may last for the night but joy comes in the morning. And Jesus came so that you and I might have great joy. We're going to be looking at this passage from John chapter 15. And in this passage uh, Jesus had talked about abiding Last week we had abide, abide, abide. And, and he talks about loving as I have loved you. You love one another. He talks about fruitfulness. That we might have much fruitfulness. But he also identifies what it's all pointed toward and what it's all for. He says that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. What do you make of joy? Or what do you think of joy? How do you define joy? Uh, what Joy is about having happiness and more. Joy is about having this peace and and power and sense of well-being and okayness. And and joy is is also about some sense of expectation. When you think about joy, how how do you think of that? and, And how are you experiencing that joy? God wants us to have joy. Again, He didn't call us to be miserable, but that we might have joy. And that we would be full of joy. Uh, What we're going to see today is the place of joy in the life of God's people. And I want you to see that the experience of joy lies at the center of God's will for us. This is what God wants for His people. We talk about what's God's will or what's God's plan for my, se- for, for my life. And we often think about the particulars. Should I do this job or should I do that job? Should I go here? Should I go there? Should I do this or should I do that? And when we think about God's will for our lives, we, we often get caught up in the particulars. But God's will for our life is different from that. Uh, Last week we saw, we could say, uh, part of God's will for our life is that we spend it with Him. We said that in a sermon a number of weeks back. Uh, Last week Jesus said, abide, abide, abide. What is God's will for you? That you abide in Him. That you spend your life in Him. What's God's will for you in, in your life? Well, part of His will for you is that you would be fruitful. That you would be uh, fruitful, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, uh, gentleness, self-control. That's what God wants. Whether you're doing this or that, whether you're here or there, that's God's will for you. And today, we see as part of God's will for us, His will for us is to be joyful. Is to have joy. To express joy. To experience joy. Uh, And even the way that Jesus pictures for us uh, this sense of joy helps us to understand that. Uh, He talks about fruitfulness. And when He talks about fruitfulness, He said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Remain in Me, I'll remain in you. And you'll bear much fruit. Uh, The fruit in the vine and the branches that He's talking about are grapes. When He says... I am the vine and you are the branches. Remain in me and I'll remain in you and you'll bear fruit and you'll bear much fruit. And this is the picture of the fruit, the vines He's talking about are grapevines. What do you do with grapes? Do you know what they do with most grapes? I looked this up. Most grapes are not eaten. Most grapes are turned into wine. When Jesus talks about joy, and fruitfulness. We should think not about drunkenness, but about the joyfulness that you might experience with, with wine. You know, I, I, I know that, that some people have difficulties with alcohol. Some people are allergic to alcohol. Some people are addicted to alcohol. But it doesn't minimize the picture of grapes and wine for us to help us understand the joy that God wants us to have. And it's in this very picture from John chapter 15. And throughout the Scripture, we see joy and wine and celebration combined. It says in in the Psalms, it says, wine gladdens the heart of man. And... If you've had a glass of wine in the evening and the day kind of slips away and you relax and you can have, you're with friends and family and you'd say, I have something called joy. That's what Jesus came to bring for us, not through the wine, but through himself. And this is a picture throughout the Scripture. Uh, heaven is described in the joy that comes from wine. Uh, in heaven, it says that we will have, this is Isaiah 25, a feast of well-aged wine. It says it's going to be the, the finest of meats, the richest of meats, and the finest of wines. This picture of joy is it's connected with uh, we are at the end of John, John chapter 15, and this is a, kind of a farewell discourse that Jesus is giving to us as he talks about fruitfulness and remaining and joy. Do you remember how John started out the Gospel of John? If you go back to the beginning of the Gospel of John and look at the very first sign that Jesus gave to us uh, to give us a picture of what the kingdom is like, you remember where that was and what it was, don't you? It was a wedding feast. And they had run out of wine. And so Jesus provided wine. Lots of it. In fact, it says, but you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus was showing us from the beginning of his ministry what the kingdom is like. And it's, it's like a wedding feast and the joy and the gladness that we have at a wedding feast. Uh, he was criticized for this. Uh, think about how much Christians are criticized for being down in the mouth and grumpy. <laughs> Wouldn't it be better if we were being criticized for being glad and, and happy and filled with joy? That's what they said about Jesus. They said, uh, you know, John, the baptizer, was very austere. Uh, uh, he, would, he would fast and, and ate the crickets and the wild honey. But they complained about Jesus because they said he came eating and drinking. He provided wine. Lots of wine. He described the kingdom that way. Uh, There are a number of times throughout the Scripture that Jesus describes the kingdom of heaven like a wedding feast. It says, it's like a king who prepared a wedding banquet. You go to a wedding banquet and you have a great time and the wine is flowing and the friends are talking and it's a place that's filled with joy. That's what God wants for you and me. Jesus came. He says that we might have His joy, not the world's joy, not drunkenness kind of joy, but His joy and have it to the full. That's why He said that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. Now think about the picture. You and I are to bear fruit, bear fruit that abides, and what happens with this fruit? It's turned into wine and brings joy. That's what Jesus wants for you and me and from you and me. That we would have joy. Great joy in Him. And share that joy with the people around us. Uh, This morning, I want us to consider the path to joy. Uh, All through the passage, John chapter 15, Jesus is pointing us to a joy. The path to joy, first and foremost, is Jesus. God says yes in Easter. He says yes in Jesus. He says yes to the forgiveness of your sins. He says yes to death being swallowed up. He says yes to Satan being defeated. And he gives to you and me victory in Jesus. He is the center of our joy. Anything else is going to let you down. Anything else, anyone else, if you find your joy in anything or anyone else, it's going to be like, uh, uh, what was it years ago, Boone's Farm, <laughs> or uh, two buck chuck, did it go up to three buck chuck? I don't know. <laughs> or re- I don't know what kind of cheap wines there might really be, but all of them leave you with a headache in the morning and they're going to let you down. And anything that's not Jesus, if you try to find your joy there, it's going to leave you with a headache and let you down. The path to joy is Jesus. Jesus and His love to us. Here's what Jesus said. He said, As the Father has loved Me, so I have loved you. Abide in My love. That's where our joy is. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Others might not like you. Others might leave you left out of things. But Jesus loves you. This is God. He came down from above for you. He came down into this world to rescue you. And He went up on the cross for you to take away all of your sin and all of your guilt to make things right between you and your Heavenly Father. And right now, Jesus is ascended back up into heaven and He's he's getting a room ready. You know, like getting ready for a wedding feast. You ever... uh, You you, you think about getting reservations for other people. And that's what Jesus is doing for you and for me. It's in His love that He is providing for us joy. Joy now and joy always. The path to joy is Jesus and His love to us and His love through us. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no end than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. The path to joy is Jesus' love through us. Think about those people in your life that you have troubles with and problems with, and there's anger and there's recrimination and there's scorekeeping, whether it's in the family or in the community or at work. That's the path to despair and discouragement. And Jesus has a different path, He has a path to joy. And the path to joy is that we would love those people. That we would care for them. That we would bless those who curse us. That instead of recrimination, there'd be forgiveness. Instead of scorekeeping, there'd be generosity. This is the path to joy for you and for me. It's Jesus. And His love that comes to us and His love that comes through us to others. It's an underreported reality of the kingdom God wants his people to be filled to overflowing with joy that's at the center of this passage for all the words about abiding for all the words about loving for all the words about fruitfulness at the center of it is Jesus says that you that my joy might be in you and that your joy might be full don't let anyone steal joy from you There are all kinds of things that are going to try and come and steal that joy from you. Uh, Don't let anything steal your joy. It's important for us to focus on protecting our joy. Uh, Protecting our joy by clinging to Jesus. Jesus. Uh, This passage says, "Uh, You are my greater love as no one than this, than that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from the Father, I have made known to you. Cling to your friend's love to sustain you. How are you going to have joy in this life? Uh, How are you going to maintain joy in this life? It's all about clinging to Jesus. Well, that's what he said. Remain. Stay. Hang in there. Hold on. Like Peter uh, falling down in the water. When did he get into trouble? He was walking on the water. Things were going well as long as he was looking at Jesus. But once he looked at the troubles around him, that's when he started to sink. You want joy in your life? Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Cling to His love, that friend's love for you. And that will sustain you from the world's resentment. I mean, it is difficult to follow Jesus. There are challenges. There are pains. There are difficulties. We want to cling to Jesus and that will sustain us from the world's resentment. The world doesn't like Christians. The world looks down on Christians. The world is working against the Christian faith. Jesus said so. He said, in this, he said, uh, in this world you will have trouble. He said, but take heart. I've overcome the world. The world resents us because we find joy in things different from where the world finds joy. Uh, That we don't love and and aren't attracted to the things that the world finds joy in. And so it resents us. Because instead we look to Jesus. Cling to Him even when the world brings its resentment against you. And cling to Jesus to protect you from the world's fallenness. It is a fallen world. It is a beautiful world that God has given us. The wonders of creation, the glories of the world around us. uh, The world is springing back into life during uh, this spring season. But in the midst of that, there's a fallenness. There's a brokenness. Things don't work out right all the time in this world. You want it to be sunny and it's rainy. (laughs) You need some rain and the sun keeps shining. It doesn't always work out that way, the way you'd like it. There are people that hurt you, uh, people that come against you. That's the fallenness. Your own body, illness, uh, difficulty, aging. You know, all all of those are symptoms of the fallen world. But in the midst of that, we cling to Jesus and look to Him and have hope in Him to give us joy regardless. One of the great statements about this is from Habakkuk. Uh, This is from the last chapter of Habakkuk. And he says this he says, Though the fig tree should not blossom and there's no fruit on the vine, he says, even when the wine of this world goes away, no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stall, even though this world's hurts and pains and problems are pushing down upon us, and that happens, he said, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. What does the name Jesus mean? God is my salvation. In Him, find your joy. Amen.